The most value I could add at when I was preparing somebody's taxes return is I get to the end and I spend 10-ish minutes looking at everything that they've done, what they could do, and brainstorming things that they could do differently or how I could prepare differently or being a part of the proactive tax planning process with that person and help them make history instead of simply record it. And there's an endless number of tax strategies. There's an endless number of ways to put it together. So frankly, having more than one guy on your team that knows how to do this and being proactive about reaching out to them can make a huge difference in your results. Hello, hello. My name is Abel Pacheco, and you're listening to the Five Talents Podcast. How to build wealth like the 1%. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Five Talents Podcast, how to build wealth like the 1%. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. I'm the principal of Five Talents Capital. We're a San Antonio, Texas real estate investment firm, and we're actively invested in 1,500 doors of commercial real estate worth $115 million, much of which is right here in San Antonio, Texas, the Alamo City, baby. I'm also a fund manager, a capital allocator, and a servant leader who learned how to invest like the 1%. And on the Five Talents podcast, I enjoy helping others learn and doing the same. So if you're seeking investment strategies to catapult your family wealth and generate passive income, even in today's volatile market, this show is for you. Because each week we're bringing you interviews with PE firms, investment advisors, financial planners, tax strategists, VC funds, and many others who are highly skilled in handling money, good stewards of capital, and individuals who advise the wealthiest 1% on what to do with their money. So each show, we're going to provide you insights and actionable steps that you can implement to become a better investor. You're always going to learn something that you can apply in your own investment journey on the Five Talents Podcast. We hope you enjoy the show. All right. Hello, hello. Abel Pacheco here, the host of the Five Talents Podcast, How to Build Wealth Like the 1%. We are super excited because we have Keith Blackborg joining us for a second round. Keith, how's it going, brother? You doing good? Doing great. Thanks for having me, Abel. Yeah, man. Thank you very much. We appreciate the opportunity just to hang out with you and learn as much as we can from you again. So it's been, I think, about at least a year-ish since we had you on the show and gave us some good strategies and things to deploy. And we're going to talk a little bit more. People are going to learn a lot from you, I know. If you don't know Keith, like he's the owner of Financial Journey. They really connect business owners and accredited investors to wealth by providing this framework, strategy, resources, and really putting together a really great community to help others you know, build and preserve wealth. So we're excited. Keith, in your own words, let me turn it over to you, brother. Tell us who you are, what you do, and let's just start a great conversation here, man. Sure. I'm a CPA. I'm an investor. I was a millionaire in my 20s, retired. I say, well, I prefer work optional as a term I coined. That is some people, especially young people, don't want to be done working, retiring. They just don't want to have to work. And so by age 32, I was out, went and just traveled the world for the next few years. And then if I wanted to make as much money as possible, I'd go back to commercial real estate syndication. If I want to help others, then it was about financial journey. And in short, what I do, I help business owners reach work optional in three to five years. There's some people that are great at helping you build your deck and get started. 
that's not me. I'm the guy that helps you. Once you've got the card, you've already got success. How do you play that hand more efficiently? How do you optimize? And so another way to say what I do is I help people with that three to $70 million net worth, build out their own family office and make wealth the business. Yeah. Making wealth the business. I love it. Well, this is a great conversation because, you know, since we originally started recording, we have 200 plus episodes where we're interviewing a lot of syndicators, a lot of real estate professionals, people that have built a lot of wealth. And since then, we've pivoted really to more on the financial creation, financial wealth preservation, not just real estate, but a lot of passive investors are asking us for strategies on, I've got some money. What do I do with it? Right. I want to move on. I want to continue the education. So this is great. The term family office is one that we've come across more than a few times. First, maybe we'll you know ask you there, what is a family office? I know there's different levels, different ways to deploy. You know, you can have one family, multiple families. Usually, you know, you've got enough means to kind of hire a team, but what does that mean? Three to $70 million and you're helping sure. family offices. I'd love it. So for a family office is when a family or family dynasty, they get together and they're able to afford their own professionals that work primarily for them. So they hire their own CPAs, tax attorneys, insurance guys, investment guys. They're all in-house in the same office. And a family office is typically limited to up to 20 families under SEC rules. There's some workarounds, but usually it's up to 20 families. And they're intentionally to keep it small because they can go deep with a few families and really know them well. It also means that by having all the professionals in one place, it's really synergistic. And it's a way to really help grow your wealth quickly when everybody's working together on the same team to grow your wealth. This is how these families consistently grow their wealth, at least by double digits. 20, 30% is not unheard of when you've got people who are specifically focused on you. Well, for your average person, especially somebody who's got that first three to $10 million, it doesn't make sense to spend a million plus a year on a family office because that would be most your net worth. These professionals aren't cheap. Instead, what I want to show you is how to be CEO of your own wealth. I've got my own network of folks that I'm used to working with, tax strategists and stuff, and show you how to lead that team. In time, as you grow, I want to show you how to step out of that and have more of a board level role where you're not in the day-to-day operations of your wealth business. Yeah, I love it. I like the way you said early on too, Keith, where you said, hey, somebody that's trying to create wealth, I'm not really the guy that's going to help you create it. Once you have it, I want to help you you know, manage it and preserve it, do it the right way. Yeah. I, I, you know, that A big part of it is just the mental shift, right? For yeah. somebody that if you don't have wealth today and you're trying to create it, Big part is just that it takes more than just working your tail off, making a good amount of money. And you can't just, you know, make more and think that I'm going to end in a wealthy situation. It's really not as a mindset. And part of that is, you know, hiring other and working other professionals that are working with you and your team. And maybe you can help us with that. You've seen a lot of different, you know, clients and people that want your services and people that come towards you. In that mindset, what are some of the themes or trends that you see for people that don't have a million dollars? Maybe what are they doing? Describe that and we'll just kind of keep on the conversation here. Absolutely. So I think there's really three main asset categories. Okay. Business, real estate, and traditional investments. Traditional being stocks, bonds, et cetera. So most people who make their money is they launch a business. 
They launch a business that allows quick growth. If you want to make the most money quickly, go start the next Amazon, Facebook, whatever. And you could do it with an IPO, be a billionaire in five to 10 years. That's not unrealistic if you're successful, but it's also risky. There's a lot of people, especially small business owners who have trouble scaling that. There's a lot of things that have to go right, including certain economic conditions. So businesses, most people stop. And at some point, a lot of people run out of energy, run out of time, whatever it is. And so their business grows and stagnates or they hit retirement age and they're done and they don't know what else to do. Real estate owners, most people can reach work optional through real estate in 20 years. If you hit it in the last decade, for me, was luck, part was taking advantage of it. I did it in about five years. And it was being active in initially single family and flips and then transitioning into active and passive investments between hotels and apartments. And that did really well in that cycle. But a simple strategy is just simply buy one rental house a year for 20 years pay off the mortgages and you can be done. You're not going to be off buying yachts and stuff, but it'll be enough for you to be okay and live a good lifestyle. When you're ready to upgrade, you can certainly go into commercial real estate and it's not a huge leap, especially if you get around the right people who are also doing that. Lastly, there's traditional investments, stocks, bonds, you'll hire a financial advisor. You'll get there if you're successful and the market works in your favor, typically around 60, maybe age 70 to put what you want into it. Most people would think traditional investments are the safe route. Yeah. It's traditional. To me, it might have helped you get there eventually, but mm-hmm. it's the highest risk in terms of goal risk. Meaning mm-hmm. if you got these big goals that you want to reach, there's a big chance that you won't ever either you won't reach those goals or you'll spend most of your time trying to get there. You'll have little time to enjoy it. With real estate, we cut that down to 20 years or less. And it's the most reliable way I know to get to work optional. Yeah, Business is the great way to grow wealth quickly, especially if you've got some skills, you're willing to be active, that can work really well. And really real estate is kind of a mix of both assets and business. So if you're willing to be active, you can yeah. also accelerate that really quickly. Got it. So someone coming from the ground, you know, your family didn't have any means behind you coming from the ground floor and you are trying to create wealth. I like the breakdown, Keith. I can go hack it out in business. I can start something new, sell a widget, bring something to the internet world. I can code something, design something. I can have the next best service or product. Like you said, a lot of risk there, but man, big potential. If I don't run out of time, money, and you know, just the willingness to get after it. I love the real estate side of it, obviously me personally, but that makes a lot of sense as I put it in, create some cash flow. there's some appreciation, there's some tax benefits. And then the lastly, which is in your purview for the people that don't really make it, do the majority of people like spend a ton of their time investments in that traditional route? Like, I don't know if I asked this question correctly, but I see a ton of people that are towards the end of their life and they've worked their tail off and they put their money where they were supposed to, but it's like now it's like 60 plus years and they're just getting to retirement. Yeah. Is that like something that you see a lot of or? It's a lot of people trying to scramble the catch up. So if you look at how society scramble is built, how it's okay, yeah. framed, uh-huh. they're trained to be employees. They get you, the straight A students get taught that they get the best jobs yep. and in the best jobs, they're creating value for others. And they're taught that they can own just a piece of the pie if they invest their money in stocks. 
And traditionally, yeah. stocks have done maybe 8%-ish annualized. And that's going to take you a long time. When I do the math, it takes you- 8% annualized. 8% annualized. And inflation is 10%. You can guess how much money you're really making there yeah. or losing. And that's the majority of us. The majority of people you ask, everyone's like, hey, I'm going to go to work. I go to school. I go to work. I invest my money. And that's, uh, I think they have it, but that's an 8% run with a 10% inflation right now. You're right. So I learned early on, I didn't want to play that game. That game was to help others. That was to help the existing financial institutions, the existing education system to keep them in power and to keep that paradigm going. I wanted to choose my own path. And that's why I talk alternative investments. It's alternative to the products that financial advisors try and sell you. And when you're truly doing your own thing, you bear all the risk, but also all the opportunity. You mentioned business owners. Even mm-hmm. if you fail that first time around, if you've got time, you can try again. And if you're persistent, you'll get there eventually. If doing your own thing, creating it from scratch is a lot of work, there's tons of franchises out there. Go to a franchise convention, and then you just have to follow the path. If somebody else sets out the path where you, you can get there, and that's what I try and help people do is look at their skills, look at their experience, look at the available options based on where your vision is, your resources, everything you have to work with. Let's pick a strategy that's going to help you get to your destination in three to five years. Yeah. I believed when I was younger that there was risk in putting my money in something like real estate. And I was told to invest in 401k because it was less risky. But that's as an investment vehicle, that is the slow way or to actually create something. So for me, on the flip side, I think I heard you say something, which was, man, it's way more risky to think about it that way. If you have big goals, big dreams, you want to get done early, that's probably the toughest route to go. It's going to take you a lifetime to get there. For sure. There's all sorts of tax strategies or investment vehicles out there. For me, retirement accounts, initially, I swore them off saying, I don't want the government to tell me when to retire. But now that I've gotten, I have something that most people don't have, and that's enough. And I don't need more. But now that I'm here, I've reached work optional. Now I'm looking at how do I optimize? So most of the time when people say 401ks, they also mean traditional investments. I just see that as a vehicle that I can invest in anything, including real estate. So one of my favorite tax strategies is how do I convert traditional IRA or 401ks to a Roth IRA or 401k at a huge discount? So let's say I'm investing $100,000 in a multifamily deal, maybe with you, and you're going to take that property from 80% occupancy down to 60% occupancy. As a result, the NOI drops in half because the NOI drops in half the apartment complex is temporarily valued in half because apartments are valued based on the net operating income. So in that moment, when the occupancy is lowest, I roll my $100,000 investment at a $50,000 valuation, pay taxes on the $50,000, getting it into a Roth, and then hopefully it pops up in value to one hundred fifty dollars or $200,000 and never pay taxes on it again. I remember talking about this. We did talk about this on a previous show and cool. it was money. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. That's a great avenue. If you want to learn more, that is an amazing breakdown Keith gives us on his first interview. So that was money. I mean, even that mindset of that strategy, it's hard for somebody who's never you know, had that mindset of like, I've got to take some risks to create some reward. I've got to get out of it. 
what are a couple of thought process around mindset, like to help somebody make the move? You got to take action. You got to take some risk. You have to do it. Otherwise, you're going to be working till, you know, till we're older. Give us a couple of mindsets that might help somebody, you know, encourage them to say, I got to take a little risk. I got to do it. So one of the saddest things I sometimes hear is when somebody gets to their 60s and 70s and realizes, hey, I overbuilt. I did way more than I had to. I could have spent the last couple of decades being with my kids, traveling the world, having these experiences, spending time with certain people I value, and instead they're building. And so there's a key transition most business owners miss. And that is if the primary purpose of your business is financial to build, to have income, then at some point in that journey, you need to transition from focusing on your business to wealth as the business. So if you have $1,000 in your bank account and you're able to earn 30% return, that's 300 bucks. Who cares? Keep going in on a business and grow what you've got to invest. If, however, you're able to have a million dollars and you're able to present have a 30% return, then it's probably much more worthwhile to focus on your portfolio and managing your portfolio. So there's a transition out of your focus being on your work to more of the wealth business if your goal is freedom and financial. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Five Talents Podcast with me, your host, Abel Pacheco. And since you're listening to the show right now, I wanted to break for a moment to tell you thank you so much for subscribing and following the show. I also want to give you access to our simple wealth case study for busy professionals that we explain how we invested in $150 million of commercial real estate to generate passive income. So I'm sharing with you how I personally build wealth like the 1% and explaining how you can create passive income in real estate without having to manage it yourself. So do yourself a favor, take a moment now and go to www.5talents.capital. That's the number five talents, T-A-L-E-N-T-S dot capital. And you can register, watch our video recorded case study, and we're going to give you access to our investment club as well. If you want to see like all of our next moves, every single investment move that we make, future investment opportunities, and even perhaps invest alongside us, go to our website now. We look forward to sharing more. You can register at www.5talents.capital. And we look forward to having you as part of the club. Yeah, I like it. Love it. Well, otherwise, what are you doing? You're overbuilding and then you don't have any of the time and you've let it slip through your fingers. I've got a four-year-old and now a three-year-old and I'm just kind of settling in here. Like my little one's going to go to school, but the last few years just to kind of hang out with them and be here with them, it's been amazing. And I'm just relishing at the last three or four years and ready for the next three to four in front of me and trying to take a lot of caution on how yeah. much time is building and how much time is with them. So we're excited. And anyways, I hope anybody listening right now is taking you know notes on this. It's like, yeah, sometimes you got to transition. That's why we're working so hard, right? So Abel, that. In, in that example, you got clear on your vision that you want to spend time with your kids and mm-hmm. that's what you're prioritizing. And then you build mm-hmm. the wealth around that to support your vision. Yep. That's awesome. Thanks, Keith. And then these mindsets are great. Okay. I'm going to start building, right? For those that are listening that have some means already, 
they have a few million dollars, high net worth individuals, and they're trying to figure out, okay, I look, I finally created it, whether it's real estate investing, if you're amazing at it, or you created your business, or maybe, you know, you were passed something down, right? What are the next plays or steps that you see a lot of those individuals that are coming to you? And what's, you know, maybe a first couple of steps that you lead them down and how do we even break this down? Sure. So once we know what you need, how much money you need to reach work optional, then we're having a discussion. We're looking at what are your skills? What do you have to work with both monetarily experience? And then we're putting a plan together to take advantage of that. So if you're a medical professional, I've worked with a lot of doctors and dentists who ain't earn really good money, probably doesn't make sense to quit to go flip houses because they're often making three to $500,000, keep doing what you're doing most likely, and just peel off some of that income and put it in great investments. Where do you find and vet those great investments and where you can earn 15, 20% plus consistently? That's what I love to help people do. I've got an investment menu that people are able to comparison shop the best deals for them. I don't make any money from it. Or if they're trying to catch up or they're trying to build wealth quickly, what can you do? Where's the market going? And what do you have experience in? Is there anything that you can leverage already to go in that? So if you don't mind, I've got a few examples. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the guys I was working with in May of 2019, COVID had just hit and we're brainstorming. And I asked, what is the best asset class? What do you be in right now? And he said, apartments. And I said, okay, well, I know apartments are a little expensive right now. What's a creative way to get into apartments? And so based on my background doing hotels, I suggested, why don't you buy hotels and convert them to apartments? And so he's got three projects now he's in, he's out of his first one. He would say he's making seven to 15 million on each project personally. And so he said within two and a half years, he's 10x his net worth as a result of just having the right concept. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. So any sort of asset conversion could be tertiary retail locations, converting it to self-storage, buying up office in places that are now struggling because more people are working from home. Industrial is really popular. We're doing a whole presentation this week on OZ funds, OZ businesses, and it's not as hard as you might think and how to make maximize that. I also love hard assets in an environment where we've got high inflation, hard assets like real estate with low fixed interest rate debt. So a couple of the asset class I like, I feel like self-storage is about halfway through its cycle right now. I think apartments are at the end. So I'm just being more cautious with apartments right now. High-end RV parks. You got a bunch of people through COVID that bought RV parks. And when they go out and actually try and spend time on them, they're often end up parking in a Walmart parking lot or a campground. And they'd like something a little nicer. So think if you could do luxury apartment style amenities overlaid with RV parks. And I know some guys doing it where they've got like a mini water park. They've got pool tables and like a bar area and places for the community to connect. That really sells. And I'll give two other ones if you're cool with it. Rehabbing oil and gas wells. One of the guys I'm working with in the group, there's hardly anybody doing this. In Texas, he said he was wow. the only qualified buyer on oil and gas wells. You've got a ton of people that got out of the business. It feels hard and technical to get in with the right partner like he did. It was a pretty easy learning curve. And so he took his experience as an apartment syndicator 
and used that syndication experience and applied it to a new asset class. And so a lot of the small mom and pop operators went out of business due to raising oil prices from the Saudis or lowering. They couldn't keep up. Then we had COVID. And a lot of them went out. And now you've got a lot of big players like Chevron and Exxon who aren't touching these small projects who are shifting towards green energy. And so there's a vacuum right now. I see oil and gas right now, similar to how real estate was in 2010. And there's like nobody talking about, nobody teaching it. And that's a little bit like the wild, the West, but that's where the opportunities are. Yeah, man. If you can see the path of progress in any which area, see the void or the vacuum of nobody else doing it and find a way to run in, whether it's an asset class conversion or taking the ability to syndicate syndication, raising capital and seeing, you know, an opportunity where others don't like in the oil and gas for a void. That's great, man. That's and good. I want to give you one last one. If you're I'll cool take it. it. We'll take them all, Keith. Buying a business and installing a team so it's more or less passive. There's actually a handful of people that are teaching this. We're going to focus on that this on our next Orlando event. Mm-hmm. But you've got a ton of baby boomers who are getting out, who a lot of them are just shutting down their businesses. So because there's a glut of businesses, you've got an opportunity to buy at a strong discount and do a lot with it. And there's ways to do it, especially if you build a back office team to kind of manage the accounting, the HR, that aspect of it, where you can simply have more of a board level role where you check in on weekly, monthly, or quarterly, just to make sure that things are moving along with the team you've installed. So I know some people doing really well buying businesses right now. Yeah. Income minus expenses. How do I make sure my asset is appreciated in value and cash flow, baby? I love it. Yeah. So a little bit of work, but not tremendous. It's not starting a new company. It's not building a new, it's correct. It's just buying and, you know, rehabbing it, right. Reworking it, rejiggering it. I love it. Put the right people in the back end. So it's really up to you to decide, do you want to go active? It's going to require some work, but this is how you 10 X your net worth in a short period of time. Yep. Or if that feels like too much, too hard, there's people in my group, there's other people outside just give them money. Once you learn who the best players are, you can often just invest with them and you're not going to get the same 10x your net worth, but you might do two or three X in a short, in a 10 year period. So you get to decide which pathway fits you and take that. Yeah. I love it. Okay. This is all awesome, Keith. And so in this path, I'm creating wealth. I'm trying to figure it out, man. Taxes are something that just get every one of us down or like, oh, I made all this money and now I got all these taxes. And then all of a sudden, you know, you learn a few concepts where you end up paying the taxes that you want. You pay, you engineer your tax return as opposed to it's being handed out to you. Help us understand a little bit of what that means, like the tax benefits, the tax strategies for a lot of us. So I'm a CPA, started my career at Deloitte, used to own a CPA firm focused on high net worth real estate investors. And so there's a few things I learned along the way. And so now I don't do tax preparation anymore, but I love to talk tax strategy and connect people with other tax strategists who can help implement. So two tax strategies that you guys have probably never heard of. First and foremost, if you're running a business, especially doing a half million dollars or more a year, you've probably heard of Google. Google has a way that they are able to put a thin layer of intellectual property, index all the information they have, and they convert it into intellectual property. You could take your business processes, your customer list, also convert it to intellectual property. And without going into the nitty gritty weeds and tax codes here, 
you can put that in a separate entity and lease it back to your main business. And in doing so, you're able to convert ordinary tax rates to capital gains rates. So it's a way to likely cut your tax rate in half. If you're at 37% and you're able to go down to 20 or 15%, that's huge. And when you're able to cut your taxes that much, that's going to mean you've got that much less drag on your wealth. You can grow faster as a result and you're able to reach work optional probably a few years sooner. Or another one, maybe your audience has heard of depreciation recapture. So when you buy real estate, you depreciate it, but when you sell it, you have to recapture it. And a lot of the assets are recaptured at ordinary tax brackets. So if we actually, so most CPAs, let's say you bought a rental house and for $100,000, five years goes by, it's now worth $200,000. Most CPAs are going to say, okay, you doubled your money. We're going to spread that doubling of money across all your assets. Well, likely you bought some appliances and some other assets like your dishwasher, maybe your refrigerator, your stove, that kind of stuff. So let's say you spent $500 on an appliance package. Well, you and I both know five years worth of use in a rental property doesn't mean that the appliances have doubled in value. That's insane. So I'm going to follow the actual IRS instructions and allocate the sales price based on the fair market value. So if I do a little bit of work as a tax strategist, I'm like, hmm, what are five-year-old appliances actually worth? Maybe a hundred bucks, maybe less. I'm going to find a number that feels right, that's still a little conservative and say, hey, they're only worth a hundred bucks. Well, now I've limited my depreciation recapture to that $100 instead of the full $500. And I drop my tax rate from 37%, once again, down to capital gains rates. So often tax strategy is not only just about voiding taxes, but how do we drop the tax rate? How do we defer? All those things come into place to how do we legally avoid taxes? And that's where knowing a little tax law can save you tons of money over the long run. Yeah. I like the word tax strategist. I hired a tax strategist for the first time several years ago. And okay. I was like, well, I already got a CPA. And they're like, no, 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 I'm a tax strategist. I said, okay, well, what's the difference? Let me show you. And I think that was, you know, unlocked a little bit of magic for our tax returns. And it's been a few years since we've owed any taxes, but in your own, you know, description, what's the difference for the layman that says, well, I got a CPA. I don't need any CPA. So Technically, there is no licensing difference between the two. Somebody who calls himself a tax strategist is somebody who's going to be mindful of taxes and actually think about the strategy. Most CPAs, they can be lazy. There's not enough CPAs in the industry, so they just can focus on preparation, turn off their brains, watch a movie while preparing your tax return, whatever it is, and just go mindless because once you know the forms, you've been doing them a few years, it doesn't require much brain power. A strategist, the most value I could add at when I was preparing somebody's taxes return is I get to the end and I spend 10-ish minutes looking at everything that they've done, what they could do, and brainstorming things that they could do differently or how I could prepare differently or being a part of the proactive tax planning process with that person and help them make history instead of simply record it. And there's an endless number of tax strategies. There's an endless number of ways to put it together. So frankly, having more than one guy on your team that knows how to do this and being proactive about reaching out to them can make a huge difference in your results. For me, it was usually saving five to 10% off their adjusted gross income in taxes. Yeah, the five to 10% off of your 
Adjusted gross is yeah. a huge difference when you're looking at the top and you're trying to figure out moving from ordinary income to the capital gains bucket, another huge one. All of these different avenues or opportunities for somebody who really knows the rules and then also can forecast, like what you said, make history and not just record it. You know, yeah. working a year in advance before the taxes are done, before that year is over saying, what else can I do? What else can I move? What other place should I make? You know, that's been huge for me. This year was our last year where we're going to buy one more good business vehicle and do the cost segregation or bonus acceleration depreciation on our business vehicle and uh, make it a nice one. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, make it a nice one. And this for 100%. The special allocation of sales price that I mentioned earlier is particularly mm-hmm. important with cost segregation. Some CPAs will say, I don't even want to do them because you're going to recapture it all anyways. Not if you do the special allocation of sales price. What is that? That was I'm, that I was hope my I guys on it, but I don't know what that is. Yeah, no, that's when I mentioned actually looking at the fair market value of the appliances okay, okay. Okay, and deciding it. what it's worth. Okay, that's exactly what we're just talking about. Yeah. I'm like, I hope my guys on it because Keith is on it. I love it. Well, that's good, man. So all of this information very helpful for anybody that's looking to get into your world, Keith. Where should they go? Who do you want to contact you? And then where should they go to reach out to you? Yeah. So my ideal client is somebody who's a business owner or highly earning professional, somebody who's got some money to work with, somebody who's an accredited investor, meaning you got a million dollar net worth or $300,000 a year in income is the minimum simply because most of the deals I see, they're great deals, but they're usually SEC rules only for accredited investors. So if you fit those two criteria, I would love to at least have a conversation with you, see if it's a good fit and go from there. So for me, it's really about just matching you with whatever is the best fit. So you can go to my website, either financialjourney.life, or I don't think anybody of your users are going to abuse it. My email is keith at financialjourney.life and either myself or my team will get back with you and would love to have a conversation. Yeah, I love it. Thanks, Keith. And before you go, right, I also wanted to ask you, I think it would be remiss if I didn't, right? You've got some very large clients, some family offices, you've great community of players and people that are all working together in alignment of of goals, mission, vision, right? What are some of the things that those, you know, the largest clients that you have, what are they doing differently? And what are they doing that the layman people just are not? What are the differences of whether it's mindset or tactic or strategy, whatever, I want to keep this nice and open. What are you seeing? What are they doing that we're not? They usually find something to concentrate in and do really well. When you concentrate, you apply your time, your effort, and you're able to do well. Separately, I like to see them. Not everybody does, usually pre-me, but I like to see them diversify into something. Diversify so at least if their concentrated thing goes to crap and it becomes worthless for whatever reason, They've got a backup plan that they'll always be okay. And usually their wife or spouse is really excited about having the backup plan because most of the really successful people have their net worth tied up in their business and they don't have a plan beyond that. And then they're often, at least initially, active in something until they can turn it over to a team that they trust, but they're still at least keeping a partial eye on it to make sure it goes well. Yeah. If I want to have financial freedom, or I want to have passive income, or I want to not have to work for the rest of my life. A lot of times that starts with 
how do I become active as possible and put as much effort sure. and work and energy into something that, and I, I like the word focus. You said on one thing, create a lot of it. And now I can start to turn some of this stuff over. Now I can create yeah. a bit more of a system for someone else to run that system as opposed to me running that system. Right. Yes. And as part of that, make sure whatever you're focusing on is going to get you where you want to go. Look down that path. I love to bring in different speakers at my events where we've got different kinds of syndicators, different people are familiar with different businesses and assets. So you can hear what their journey was and either copy some of it, invest with them, or simply find your own version of a pathway that's going to get you where you want to go. And it's also going to be fun and satisfactory for you. Yeah. You want to make all your work feel not like work, right? All of your activities to feel like, yeah, this is the path I wanted to go down. I like what you're saying, right? Is look down the path and, you know, be around other people that have done it already. And you can kind of hear their journey and say, ah, you know, that doesn't sound like it's for me at all, or that's exactly what I want to do. And if you're enjoying your activity, your work, then it's never going to really feel like work, right? It's a lot easier to get there. That's awesome. Well, Keith, There's so much stuff that you can really talk about, expertise, some strategies, these things that we've covered quite a bit. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you were just really excited to share? Anything I should have asked, just didn't think about it. Anything in general for our listener base to kind of hear and learn from or, you know, forward trend, whatever you want to drop us, drop some knowledge or wisdom on us. I just really want to encourage people to enjoy the journey because the only destination is the grave. Better enjoy today now. There's no time like the present because that is the ultimate destination, man. We're all going to be there, baby. Keith, I love it. Enjoy the journey, my friend. I definitely enjoyed this time here with you now. So I appreciate it as always. And if you are a listener, I know you've taken more than a few thoughts to kind of go take and learn and educate yourself and then also go do and implement. So reach out to Keith. It would be amazing. Let him know that You heard him here on our podcast and I'd be blessed to connect you all and look forward to it. So Keith, thank you very much for your time, man. Thanks for having me, Abel. All right. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We'll see you at the next show. See ya. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Five Talents Podcast with myself, your host, Abel Pacheco. We really appreciate you liking, following, subscribing, and leaving all the written reviews for the Five Talents Podcast. Each week, we're going to continue to bring interviews with private equity folks, VCs, advisors, financial planners, strategists, tax strategists, and other stewards of capital, many of which advise the wealthiest 1% on what to do with their money. So we appreciate you joining. Also, If you want to be notified of monthly future events we're hosting or attending, and if you want exclusive access to the same investment opportunities that have largely been reserved for the wealthiest 1%, many of which you've rarely ever heard about, go now to our website, watch our wealth building case study, and register to be added to our investment club. We're going to send you future opportunities, and you'll be able to watch all the moves that we make firsthand. Your investment journey is waiting for you to take the next step. So what is the next step? Go to www.thenumber5talents.capital. That's 5talents.capital and register today. Thank you again. We can't wait to bring you the next show. And thank you for liking and subscribing.